Hello, everybody. This is Alex Barthet with the LeanZone.com podcast. Today, we have Albert with Smart Barrel, uh, who's going to talk to us today about um, time tracking of employees and how employers can save time and money. Uh, so let's get started. Albert, how are you doing today? I'm good, good. How are you? Great. So tell us a little bit about uh, you and Smart Barrel. Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, a bit of introduction about myself. I'm a citizen of the world. I've literally lived in more countries than I can think of, uh, mostly doing construction and specialized mostly in glazing construction. That has been a trade that I fell upon right before I graduated from high school, from college, I mean. And uh, I went, did everything that ranges from small residential homes, literally fixing uh, bathroom leaking windows to high-rises and high-end residential in such as Sunny Isles, Britain, and the Bahamas. The smart barrel came came to existence while jumping from one job site to the other, trying to work either as a company owner or a project manager or even superintendent, trying to manage workforce and try to labor. And then this is when the need was perceived and we want to create a solution that simply worked and that's how everything came together. So, so let's talk about time tracking. Uh, you know, it's, it's obviously a big issue, right? So I'm a construction uh, general contractor maybe. Maybe I'm a, a, a trade contractor like a shell contractor or a sprinkler, a fire sprinkler contractor. And I've got all of these men and women in the field um, and I got to keep track of them. When do they show up? What's going on on the job site? When do they leave? Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you deal with uh, when you talk to those in the trade about their pain points um, and what are some of the solutions that they're looking to try to solve those pain points? Sure. Uh, I, I have definitely dual perspective on the issue, one from being part of the trade and obviously right now uh, being part of Smart Better and dealing with, with all sorts of trade of different size and scope. But on a high level, there's a, there's a philosophy above anything else in the construction industry is that after all, everything we build, whether you do it contractually, invoice, or so on, ultimately it's all time and material. So you have two big bulks of cost that drive everything in the construction industry. Uh, when it comes to the material, obviously throughout the years, technology has been doing great work and you can track it to the screw, to the unit, to the KPI, geographically, so on and so forth. Now you have what we call the human asset, which is a bigger pillar on the other side that is just a nightmare to deal with because humans are not like a rebar or a pair of jeans. You cannot tag them, you cannot shelf them, you cannot sort them. They're, they're one of the most complicated assets in the world. Add to this uh, a very, very, very challenging and rugged environment we don't work in offices. Nothing is predictable. We are in the jungle kind of norms. Everything is being built around us. So this creates yet another level of uh, of challenges. From from all the conversations that come through, it's always this asset is always the hardest to predict, the hardest to assess, and the hardest to put a value on. So you can instantly realize that you have on any cost buildup, you have a pillar that is material that you can pinpoint to the cent, and you have another one that fluctuates 
at, at record high percentage. Sometimes you might be off 40%, 10%, 6%, minus 12%. And it's really the more you have experience, the more your rule of thumbs are accurate, the more you can hit the dart closest to the, to the bullseye. But besides that, there's no real science trapping this data. So, um, so what are some of the things that people have tried uh, to keep track of their men and, and women and labor hours? Sure. Uh, based, based on my personal experience and me being in the industry in different countries and different job sizes, uh, it seems, and it is actually a known fact, that the industry is the least digitized, the second least digitized actually after agriculture in all other industries. And, and the reason why technology has failed to penetrate is because it, the, 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 there always has been a big kind of separation between the technology and solution builders and the construction and the blue-collar workforce, and nothing really works. And this is why you always you still find, even with today's age, most of the data for tracking the workers, managing workers, is still being done by very, very, very primitive tools. By and and we, when you say, yeah, it, yeah when you, you mean like timesheets, spreadsheets? Yes, by, okay. exactly. I mean, clipboard hanging by a nail on a drywall. I mean, a paper sheet with a pencil, not even a pen. I mean, the pencil and the paper need to somehow travel physically to an office that might be minutes, miles, or, or countries away. And then somehow at one point through time, because we live in a very digitized era, nobody's using calculator and doing payroll, sometimes this paper and this data needs to be translated into a system or a computer or a computing machine somehow, and then to be able to be managed, whether it's for payroll or data analysis or headcount or so on and so forth. So you go to the multi-million dollar towers and you go to the small residential house and the techniques are still the same. You do, literally, people are hired to do headcount, like walk around and say one, two, three, four, and to track hours on a pen and paper in today's era. So is this is this the challenge that you are facing? I, I think, you know, the story you had told me earlier was you were in the Bahamas, right, and you had a job. Uh, that's where Smart Barrel was conceived, and, and you just got tired of the uh, labor-intensive nature and inaccuracy associated with having to manage those folks, right? 100%. So the, the industry is an industry that is – Big in volume, so it's 1.3 trillion, 1.7 trillion, dependable what kind of sources you go to. But it's a very thin margin industry. So people think that there's so much money, everyone's becoming a millionaire of the construction industry. No, you have to do everything right to make money like any other industry. So in order to run a lean job site and and, and an efficient job site, you need less manpower in management and less manpower in labor. You need to have the exact amount of people. So we do not have or we, let me correct it, we rarely have employees sitting on site doing timesheets, like full-time doing timesheets or part-time doing HR or part-time doing hardware. So this this kind of uh, uh, responsibility lab falls on the lap of the superintendent or the project manager. And let me tell you a, a snapshot of those people's days. They are running the job site, they are running the paperwork, they are doing the meetings, they are doing the safety training, they are running up and down the floor, they are going with one fire drill after the other, they are scheduling deliveries, they are scheduling shipments, they are pushing change orders, they are pushing uh, construction issues and meetings last minute. 
And the last thing they want in their eight that turns to 12 hours days is to sit somewhere and make sure that they're counting that every worker is really where he should be or that he showed up and he didn't leave. So this creates a big kind of stress or a headache on, on, the, on the project manager, which when I was doing that, it was just something that I couldn't wrap my hand around. I'm dealing with huge liability, huge responsibility. I'm taking very big, uh, high-level decisions on a daily basis, and yet every week, which is a weekly vicious cycle, I had to sit down, look at seven, eight papers, and try to remember if a car rose last week really stayed till 9 p.m. or not because he's requesting that his timesheet shows that I owe him overtime, so on so forth, blah, blah, blah. But I have no idea. I don't have recollection. I'm looking at timesheets written in pencil. So this is where, where one of the many pain points start. Every day we have to submit daily reports where we should show an accurate headcount by positions by this. And this is a, a document that ends up becoming a legal document, an insurance compliance document that I have to fill on daily basis. I don't have time to fill it. I don't have even accuracy to fill it. Were we 43 workers today or 44? Or 47, I don't remember. Then I have to have someone drop everything, drop all the tools, and run around, do a headcount, which is just absurd in today's age that you really have to do this manually. Think of a 45-story building. Someone is walking around doing a headcount because cell phones obviously mostly don't work, and you can radio, but not that. you don't have 45 radios on a job. So right, well, and, 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 and you don't necessarily know who's there, right? I mean, that's location is a, is a big issue. You know, I, I, I want to interject one thing. You know, as a lawyer, I will tell you that I have won cases because of thorough, complete daily reports that were taken on the job by our client um, every day. You could count on them. So, you know, issues that were significant in the case, were uh, properly documented because there was a thorough daily report with uh, headcount, with weather, um, with other issues that were happening in the job. And unfortunately, we've had clients that we've represented that because they didn't take the necessary time and effort to track those things, um, the, the outcome of their case was uh, less than ideal. But it fell primarily on the fact that they did not maintain that level of documentation. So, so tell us what um, kind of the current state of technology is in in this space, uh, and what contractors and trade contractors are considering um, in order to create daily reports and track time. Of course, uh, go, going back to your point, you're absolutely right. We are in an industry that is heavy, 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 whether with workers or material or invoice or scope of work, it's all about documentation. Like intention comes way later down the road. Usually everyone is, is losing their battles because of lacking of documentation. Doesn't matter if you're right or wrong, documentation is so thin that sometimes you just miss an entire opportunity just because you didn't have the right paper in the wrong time. So this is one. Now, now, obviously, it's a pain point that is so obvious and it's so big that it's, like, hard to miss. And obviously, a lot of people are trying to tackle it from one way or another. So the, the, the biggest solution available is the clipboard. It's a 100-year-old solution, maybe more. And this is the conventional way. The reason why this is thriving is because all other solutions are lacking one way or another. For instance, the most obvious penetration to the market is smartphone apps, right? Smartphones are becoming cheaper and cheaper day by day. 
they're becoming more accessible day by day, and then software development on a smartphone is, is fairly cheaper than anything else. So why not create just a smart app that you make your workers install, and when they're physically on site, they can hit start. The most most phone, even the cheapest ones, have GPS, so they can track the location, and you know this worker was on site at start, was on site when he left. You can track him throughout if also. And this kind of like solves everything, right? You have now a fully accurate and live data of your entire workforce where their ads run so forth. This right, we can we can we can we can end the podcast right here, right? That's that's the solution, right? That's, exactly. That's the end of it. Exactly. So so let let's hang out and go start building apps. <laughs> and this is what a lot of people did. Is what a lot of people, whether they in house big construction companies decide to hire a few engineers, put them in a room, or just tech people said, you know what, my dad is a contractor. Doesn't make sense that he has to do this every week. I'm going to help him build the solution. A lot of people did, and some of them are free apps available today, and some of them are way more expensive apps with solutions. The biggest problem is that this is a technology solution. It's not a construction solution. Again, the idea with construction solutions is that you have way more layered and it's way more advanced. There's a compliance issue. How can you make the worker have the phone, download the app, use the app morning and night? What is the forcing power behind it? What is his motivation behind it? Out of a 55-man crew, how can you ensure that 55 are coming in? Because you cannot have an, a half-good timesheet. It's either a timesheet or it's not a timesheet. Excluding two entries, it's not a timesheet. You cannot issue payroll missing two entries. So this is what, personally, I, I had those solutions. And they were honestly, because we were a significantly bigger company, we were given for free the solutions. So I tried them day and night. I would never have 100% compliance, and not even close to 50% compliance. Because so, so, but wait, so wait, Albert, wait, wait, wait. So, so what are you telling me? So, so you're in the field. Uh, you've got your team. Everyone's got a smartphone, and you just cannot get them to clock in and clock out, or download the app, or update the app. What, what was the problem? Well, we can we can have a podcast called "Why Smartphones Won't Work," but to sum it up. Starting with the statement of everyone has smartphone, it's false. Uh, a lot of them do not have smartphone. They have Verizon flip phone for a reason or another. A lot of them had smartphones, and once we forced an app, they decided to go to Best Buy and buy themselves a Verizon flip phone. Most of some others kept their phone, but they had a lot of uh, resistivity in terms of pay my data. I don't want you to download stuff on my phone. There's a privacy issue. If you Google smartphone apps. For timekeeping, you will find more than 100 articles saying up, talking about lawsuits, issues, complaints, some uh, some non-trust that the employer can track where the worker lives or offline or off hours. So there's a huge issue which opens another kind of form, which is provide now cell phone, corporate cell phone. Well, we work in an industry where where the construction workforce is mostly a revolving door, and from project to project, there's always adding people, removing people. So now you have to open the second new department that is called buying, purchasing, and assigning phones. Even if you are, which, which I was crazy enough to even consider it on one of my sites, and I was buying Samsung phones at retail at great price, and they gave me uh, a payment plan so I could cost, cost it to the job, so and so forth, I had issues with just turning off their phones. Why didn't clock out yesterday my battery died? You are a lawyer. I come to you, and we have a workers' comp issue, and the, the worker said, I'm sorry, my battery died. I couldn't clock out. How do you go out with that? What is the next step after that? That's it. It's yeah, and, 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 yeah, and, 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 and at least in the United States, 
with respect to workers, both on a work comp issue as well as uh, uh, a wage and hour issue, overtime uh, or payment issue, you know, the, there's a significant uh, deference to the worker. Um, you know, the obligation is on the employer, uh, and um, the employee is almost assumed correct, uh, and it's, in, it's up to the employer to defend themselves. So if you have a, an employee who says, well, my battery died, but I was there until midnight, so you owe me overtime, unless you can prove otherwise, you're, as an employer, you're probably stuck. It's a problem. 100%, and this happens way more often than people might think. It's not this one case in 1998 where I had this guy. This is weekly basis. He left at 10.15 p.m. Can you prove otherwise? No, he can have all his buddies. Buddies say that he stayed until 15 p.m., and then you have to pay. And then we usually overpay just to avoid headache. Because forget lawsuits, forget this. I don't want to be in a conflict with the worker because I have a million other things to run by then sit with him for 45 minutes arguing about an hour that I know eventually in the long run I'm going to lose. So th this is, this is again, this is a battle that, again, we are considering the, the, the first statement of this entire conversation started with, would apps solve? Well, they end up obviously turning into more problems, more issues, more people, more disinvolved. People instantly revert back to the, to the clipboard. They say, you know what? The clipboard works. I know I'm getting fraud, but I don't have a headache, I don't have resistivity, I don't have issues, and I'm not paying nothing. Done. So this is kind of solution number one. And another kind of family or group of solutions that evolved at FID Tech, and you've seen them probably in construction, up construction, on airports, anywhere. You either have the necklace with the badge, you tap it to enter to the door, you have any keychain, you have it on your belt, you have it on your head. A million companies are doing different solutions, like to be creative one way or another. Again, Technology is awesome. You can track them to the to the square feet on the job site. You can see their path, their walking, da 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 da. That the entire solution starts with a capital if there is a compliance issue. If he has the badge, if he keeps the badge, if his body doesn't take the badge, which we call body punch. So I take your badge now. I have your identity. So now everywhere I'm walking, I'm walking on behalf of you. So this is a huge other compliance issue. So again, technology seems to be a home run. You put it inside the job site and you figure out that it's causing more issues, more conflict. They're figuring out a way to cheat the system and it doesn't take long for them to figure this out. And then now you're back at square one, you're running back to a clipboard because now you've invested all this money, you've implemented, you went with your accounting implementation, your payroll, everyone in the office had to do their training. It's this like whole kind of process that you go through that takes weeks and days because everyone's schedule is so overpacked. And then now, bottom line is, three months into it, I still have 15 out of my 75 workers on the system. It shows 7.15 a.m. I have no idea if it's 7.15 or this is his body that clocked him in again at 7.15, so on and so forth. Or missing entries. Where is your RFID? I lost it. What do you do? What do you do? I have to go get another RFID or I have to get someone on site that splashes RFIDs and go to the second floor and get it. Again, we're trying to get a solution that streamlines the process. We end up adding layers and more employees and more bottlenecks to get a half-working solution, which, again, in the world of timekeeping, there is no half payroll. You either have all the time and issue payroll or you have nothing. There is no 98% good. It's either 100 or zero. So it sounds it sounds like you have... In 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 your 
frustration of having to deal with all of these problems, right? You've tried everything. So then, uh, so then tell us a little bit about Smart Barrel and, and how it's different. Yeah, well, well, well the, the, the frustration obviously I'm feeling it right now and probably sensing it throughout, throughout my voice is because this is years and years of wasted hours. And there's nothing more painful than wasted hours. And it's not just financial. It's just when you have a million things to do and you have to shut down everything and look at the piece of paper or look at the document and you know that it's worthless, that you know, but you have to for legally, for accounting, for your budget, for a million other reasons, you have to do your audit. But you know in your heart that it's like you're looking at nothing. This is like bozos. This sketch can be a three-year-old guy who filled this time. It's the same. As long as they commonly makes sense. As long as the guy didn't put 26 hours a day, <laughs> it's going to flag. Uh, so I, I obviously using all these solutions, I wanted, I personally wanted a solution that worked. So I scrapped everything down. And even though I had no technology background, I sat on a job site and I said, let me brainstorm. What do I need here to work? And it started with, first of all, it has to be 100% independent from the worker. Whatever solution I provide should be 100% not linked to the worker. So I don't need him to have a badge. I don't need him to have a tattoo. I don't need him to have a QR code on his head. I don't need him to have his helmet on. I don't need nothing. If he is in physically one piece and he shows up on site, it should be working. So this is where it all started. So we decided to create it as a third-party hardware product. So no apps, no software, no nothing. Then we start tackling one issue after the other, you know. Most misunderstanding is that job sites, you, you, you create a technology product and you plug it through a wall, but we don't have walls. Usually when we start a job site, it's a fence plot, and maybe there's demolition. So we, we added solar panels. You know what? There's sun everywhere. Technology of solar is doing amazing stuff. We just need a glimpse of light and we can charge the thing forever. So let's make it solar. And then connectivity. Most people, because we need the data to go, we're not going to have people driving back and forth because we eliminated this bridge. So most people would go with Wi-Fi, LANs. We said, no way. We have to do it either satellite modem or cellular modem. It has to be connected wherever you dump it. We don't have any IT support. Nobody is configuring it on site. I'm sitting on the job there. I'm looking around. I'm like, who would configure it if I had to call? Nobody. We're not going to add a layer again. So it has to come pre-connected. So this is kind of the, the core of the concept. And then we said, okay, what is... What is the ultimate authentication that we can have the worker do to, to get 100% credentials accuracy, yet without adding any fraudulent mistakes? So number one, we tried a lot of technologies, and we played a lot trying to figure out if we go with facial recognition. We will also entertain a voice recognition, so you come to the machine and you speak to it, and it's recognize your voice, but we realized that job sites obviously are way too noisy for that. So unless you have to shut down the six equipment, you're not being authenticated, which obviously didn't work. And then, then we went to the facial recognition. Facial recognition seems to be the, the best thing ever, right? You almost don't have to interact with it. You look at the camera, the camera knows your face, you go in. Then we realized, again, we are in a very rugged environment. Workers might clock in at 5 a.m. when it's pitch black. They clock out at 3.30 when it's like daylight. They're wearing their hard hat, they're wearing their safety equipment, they have their beard, they're sweating, their Oakley glasses, so on and so forth. So facial recognition by itself would not, would not fly. 
we had to add what we call a dual authentication process. So what we created is the process that the worker walks to this unit that is sitting and 24-7 operational and connected on the site, independent from anyone. Storage lockdown, superintendent left, offices are closed, doesn't matter. Sitting outside, weatherproof, taking it all in, and it's ready for everyone. The worker approaches the station. He can have nothing on him, right? He doesn't need tools. He doesn't need cell phone. He forgot his phone. He forgot everything. doesn't matter. He, on a keypad, just like an ATM, he enters his phone number. Why did we go with a phone number? A phone number is a 10-digit key that is unique enough internationally and that you know almost by heart. The idea is that you don't even need the phone on you. You just need to know this number. And it can be any randomized 10-digit. You enter it on the keypad. We scan the face. And both of these data create a way more accuracy bundle of comparison. So right now, we're not feeding the system a bunch of images and saying, is this Alex? We're saying, okay, this guy claimed to be Alex, and those are the pictures assigned with it. Is this Alex? Yes and no. And it's a way more accurate algorithm, and the technology is getting way better when it comes to this aspect. So that way we created what we call 100% excuse-free, battery die, phone die, dog food, my, my, my tag, blah, blah, blah. all of this is eliminated, and everything that has to do with uh, body punch-free. I clock in on your behalf, you clock out on my behalf, we try to fraud data, you write with the pencil for 50 p.m. when I already left at 1, all this stuff. So we were able to 100% eliminate fraud. If you're physically on site, there's no way you will not be able to clock in or clock out. Right, because now between the number and my face, it has to be me. It's between the number and your face and the physical machine stationary GPS coordinated on the site and it being available independently from any other human on the site, there is no more excuse for you. Your, your clock in is now so authentic that it says, I am Alex and this is my face and this is my number and this is my coordinates and this is where I was standing and this is the time and there is no other way to hack this process. Once an entry is in, it's as solid as a bank transaction. So uh, so now, let's say I'm a, I'm a trade contractor. I, 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 I've tried everything, uh, or hopefully I'm smart enough. I uh, have listened to this podcast and just decide to go with Smart Barrel. Then, then what happens? What, what happens with the, the, the data? Like, how do I get that to my payroll, right? Because that's the ultimate goal, right? I'm going to look at it say, okay, all these people are, were here. It's time to process payroll. Um, what happens next? Well, that, that, that's actually a great question because even though the technology, we spent great amount of time developing a great solution, we spent an equally amount of time creating a business solution because the idea if you have a great product and it's super expensive, then what's the point? Or you have a great product, but you need like a team and coordination of months, then what's the point? So we want to make the entire experience as seamless, knowing the construction, how it works. So we kind of copy-pasted the equipment rental model. So in a typical word, a PM or a company owner or an executive would call us, say, hi, we got a new job site, this is the address, and I have about 55 workers, I'm a shell contractor. We would say congratulations for the job site, and without him leaving his desk from wherever his office is, we would ship, just like rental equipment, a small barrel device to that job site. 
the smart bailer device would get to the job site. The minute it hits the job site, it's turned on and it's authenticated all automatically. You need nothing. The guy who receives the forfeit is the same guy that can receive smart bailer. It comes as a shipment and has one button. There's no configuration needed on the device. Going back to this guy in the office, the company owner or the PM has never seen smart bailer. He couldn't care less to see it. He would receive automatically an email from us, which what we call access to the dashboard. And then once he's on the dashboard that he can access on his laptop, desktop, smartphone, it's a very intuitive, basic uh, platform. And then he starts by adding the workers. There is a million ways you can add the workers from linking them to simply adding them one by one. The only field that we require is the worker's first name, last name, and phone number, nothing else. So once he starts adding them from his office, the data is instantly being pushed to the device, instantly, instantly syncing. And then the next morning, when the workers come in, all they have to do is to locate this human-sized almost machine, find it, enter this 10-digit phone number, look at the picture, and then get, get starting with work. They do this on the way in, they do this on the way out. Now the PM, again, haven't got a chance to visit the site yet, hasn't met any of the workers on his laptop or on his phone, gets all the data being populated in a time sheet form. So you have the exact same industry standard, construction industry standard form that has the first name, last name, phone number, the image in, the image out that is being populated throughout the day. So he can check who checked in, he can flag people, he can request notifications, so on and so forth. So this started as the, call it the ultimate time clock machine, but we went above and beyond, right? We added weather notifications. So again, you're sitting in your office, there's maybe a thunderstorm happening on this job site, it sends you an alert, you have 34 workers, thunderstorm morning, make sure crane is shut down, swing stages are down, so on and so forth. And then on top of that, you can alert a few people, hey, this guy showed up late, this guy's still working, he passed it seven hours a week. So we tried to create this bridge of connectivity between the overworked, over-busy project manager running, running, uh, uh, running all over the place, and this kind of field sensory guy that's like just keeping an eye on the workers in the sense that notifying you, hey, you still have four workers, there's rain coming, are you sure, are you sure you want them to stay, you want them to leave, you want to, you want them to like change the path, so on and so forth. It's like, a, it's like having a very proactive assistant project manager. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an assistant of a project manager and at the same time an assistant superintendent. Again, we're not in the business of building robots. We're not in the business of believing that robots are going to start constructing the building. We're not replacing anyone. We're just empowering or we're just delegating a task that nobody wants to have. The superintendent hates doing it. The project manager hates doing it. Everyone hates doing it. And now this is like the hot potato that's been throwing around. We're just dumping it on smart barrels. It's so, uh, setting brain and that's pinging information across all the boards. So if I tried to uh, um, log a, a punch in or punch out for someone, what what happens? Does it like does it reject my attempt or does it accept it but then flag me? How does it work? There are multiple fears, but the default recommended one is that if nothing is rejected, so you clock in and then data is being pushed, and you can if it's not linked to an access control, you can technically walk into the job site, but within seconds the system would process it and flag people around. So whether it's your PM or your super, it will say, hey. This entry is not really Alex. We might be wrong because it's a rugged environment and the image we take are not perfect. So we might be wrong. Just check it out. And he might say, it's like when your credit card says, hey, 
fraudulent attempt. Did you buy $600 LCD right now? And then you might say, yes, that's me. Or you say, no, I didn't, I didn't buy anything. So it's kind of similar. Is this him? Is this not him? If it's not him, then you call your super and say, go find this guy. I don't know who he is. Get him out. It's very simple, right? You've already been flagged across all the board that there is this face that's pretending to be this guy, and he's on site right now. And obviously, it's a matter of seconds, and you find it. In other, in other conditions where we have it linked to a turnstile door, it might block him access. It might say, I'm not verified. Your entry is pending verification, and then someone verifies it. It is not recommended because we want the idea of smart better to be flawless, right? The idea is to be streaming. We, again, we don't want excuses. We don't want to create bottlenecks. We don't want to create issues where the worker ends up gearing up with excuses. I showed up at 9, 9.15, I'm still not verified. What's going on? I, don't, I, I am owed this 15 minutes, so on and so forth. So the idea is that we streamline, and then within seconds, you can do correction. And what does the worker see? Like, what does the worker get? Does he get something on his phone or text yes, message the or something? Work, yeah, the, the worker has what we call an SMS receipt. So, so there's a huge, and, and actually this is a great question because this can take me into the, into the, the, the big, big philosophy that we have, we have behind Smart Better because we are not trying to be this like baseball bat beating up on the workers. I stand very strong against that. Not because all construction workers are not fraudulent. They're not trying to steal hours. They're not trying to scam. The construction industry has one of the best workforce ever. And I've touched a lot of industries, but the construction industry, they have one of the real, real hardworking, putting insane amount of hours, understanding deadlines, and pushing against their physical ability to get things done. I've seen it, especially here in Florida when we're getting up to a hurricane. It's impressive how you see people leaving their homes, leaving their family to come close in a job site before a hurricane and then go do the same for their own home. I've never witnessed anything more kind of heroic. exciting to see. Yes, yeah, heroic and exciting to see because it's really like manpower as best. But humanity is humanity, and the way it works, you have fraudulent people, you have scammers, you have a million other things, and you have the concept of the rotten apple. So you might have a team of 50, and if you have one or two corrupt, they can push the morale of the entire team to drop all the way down. The way it works, like, it's a very kind of uh, manpower industry. You don't want to be the guy who's snitching on everyone, but you don't want to be screwed. If I'm putting 45, 60 hours a week, and this guy is scamming into putting 60 hours a week because he's leaving every day at noon after the food truck, I'm I'm, going to feel hurt, and then I'm not going to put the same energy that I was putting before because we're getting the same paycheck, even though he's playing PlayStation from 1 to 6 p.m. while I'm still sweating here. So there's this kind of rotten apple, and this is our biggest philosophy. The philosophy is not to beat the workers. It's just to instantly and as quick as possible detect the few rotten apples, get them out, and build up your morale. Build up your team's morale to you're getting 120% out of them, where they're excited to work, where it's like fair playing field. So how do you do that? This is the biggest question. Well, you have to think of the worker as well. So now we save the issue of payroll. There's no more fraud. We are able to detect the, the we are able to detect the workers who's fraudulent, who's not. That's perfect. That's a home run. Now let's focus on the workers. What does the worker need? The worker needs to be authenticated by the machine, and he needs to be aware of the process, and he needs to be empowered by the system. So first of all, we have a habit builder, right? You get started. You clock in the first time on Smart Barrel. You're doing your five, six hours day job. Your head is no longer into time clocking. Time clock out. You have a million issues to deal with. 
it, it sends you an SMS saying, hey, hope you're having a great day, Alex. Don't forget to clock out today. So it keeps pinging you very friendly SMS using your first name and using your construction nickname if it's available to build this habit up until you clock in and clock out three, four days in a row. And then it helps you because most people leave and they once they get to their truck, they're like, oh, my God, I forgot about Smart And so it helps you kind of build that so when it becomes a natural system where you go in and you go out without having to call and yell and scream about missing entries, one. Two, every time you clock in and every time you clock out, by default, the system sends you what you call a clock-in receipt. So you receive a project name, a date and time, and, and, uh, and, uh, and if it's a clock-in or a clock-out. So you have this SMS thread. Again, even if you have the most primitive smartphone ever, you have an SMS thread of all your clock-ins and clock-outs. So in times of dispute, the owner has all the data to prove his case, but the worker has it as well. So there is no way you're going to come to a court where someone is claiming at 6.05 and the other is claiming at 5.03. Look, we have the data. This is the face. This is the SMS receipt. They all are in sync. It's done. Because obviously we built a very extensive module about timekeeping that syncs with endless servers and endless reliable sources. So the time for us, obviously, we don't need to pitch it. It's like the core of everything. This is number one. Number two, also, we, we kind of uh, run continuously scripts on the overall workforce, trying to rank them. And this is the beauty of today's era and the real power of technology and what we call machine learning or data science, is that we can collect so much data that out of you, like 270 workers, we can kind of accurately forecast who are your best performers, who are your least best performers. We know a lot about their, we have a lot of guesses about their age, their demographics, their performance, the consistency of the clock in, the consistency of the clock out. So we're trying to kind of create a voting system to say, hey, we have decided that this is the employee of the month. So you might reach out to him, give him a raise, give him a bonus, this, this, and that. The idea is to create a system where the worker understands that if you put in the value, it's being seen. It's being seen by management. It's being seen by, by uh, uh, PM. It's being seen by your peers. It's being seen. It's, it's, it's Creating not a competition, creating a reward system where you put in the work and you're happy. It's like, okay, somebody cares. Because this is a bigger issue in the construction. We don't have on-site HR. We don't have someone doing evaluation tests every three weeks. This is corporate life, but we don't have it on the job site. And this is what SmartBear is trying to love. How can we empower these workers and kind of like show that someone cares and someone is seeing, and then at the end of the week, all the PM is seeing is a report that's ranking the workers, that's flagging the top five, that's flagging the worst top five, maybe go have a chat with the worst top five, see how you can help them out, so on and so forth, which is today an impossible to gather data. It's, uh, it sounds exciting, and, and uh, um, let, me, let me end with uh, asking you, how, how is it best for people to get a hold of you if they wanted to find out more about uh, you and Smart Barrel, uh, maybe your website uh, and phone number. Sure. Uh, obviously, we, we are based based in Miami. We have uh, we have a big our biggest presence uh, is in Miami right now. We have also uh, a branch in Seattle, uh, where most it's engineering and where we do most of the engineering work. But I am definitely accessible uh, to check most of my information on the website smartbarrel.io. Smart S M A R T B A R R E L dot I O, and the phone number, the company phone number is available almost 24/7, due to the East Coast West Coast time zone. It's eight seven seven 
727-5565. Albert, thanks again for uh for coming on and sharing your uh your experience uh and and trials and tribulations of being in the field and and creating a solution to uh to solve those those problems. Um and uh and thanks everyone for listening. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Albert. Thank you so much.